Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. From our gospel text today, Jesus says these words, Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The humanity of Jesus is plainly heard in these words, and that's the point. Jesus in the flesh speaks to us who are in the flesh. We are incarnational people, fleshy people. Our faces long for another's face. Our hand longs for another's hand. Our body longs for another's body. It's not good, says the Lord, that the man should be alone. So God formed the woman, and he gave them children, and so on and so forth. Jesus comes to us in the flesh. Jesus comes to us in the flesh to redeem the flesh, our flesh, from all of its corruption. And as we have been tainted by sin of every thought, word, and deed, on top of our original sin. So the stain of our human nature needs another to make it clean. And the troubled souls of mankind need another to be at peace. We in the flesh need Jesus in the flesh. And yet here we are. Here we are. Removed from each other's face and hand, and body. And further, as it would seem, further removed from the face that will wear that awful crown of thorns. And the hands that will take the gruesome nails to themselves. And the body that will die upon the cross. And so, now, more than ever before, it seems, our souls are troubled. We are quarantined from the body of Christ, the church, and left to all things the captivity of our homes. We will always be the church scattered throughout the world, but we were never designed to be without the consolation of two or three in the worship of God. We were created for each other, to be with each other, to worship and to live with each other. And that's all the more clear from our gospel text today. The value of the gospel is that it sees Jesus for who he is and not as the world would paint him. Which that is also a valuable critique for us. It's a valuable critique of so much of what we see and hear and are told to worship. And while there is truth to be known from those blessed with the knowledge of so many things, it is often a belief laced in fear than a faith which endures all things. 
This is the way of the world. The world would like you to see the in the flesh Jesus and tell you he's no divine God. The world would like you to hear of Jesus' troubled soul and ask, how can he comfort your soul? The world would like to remind you that the same Jesus who receives the people's Hosanna cries for salvation is the one who, in short order, will not be able to save himself. Yet their understanding of Jesus is clouded not, it's not in faith, but it's clouded by fear. For Jesus did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Jesus was born in the likeness of our trouble. That while his flesh and blood were unsoiled by sin, our body was not so lucky. We too did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, since we are sinners since the fall. Since we are sinners being born in the likeness of our first parents. Jesus, however, shows himself to be a servant in the flesh to the flesh. Jesus shows himself to be our servant by becoming infected with our sins and is crucified for us. But the world's curse of death may, in his death, die and so bring life eternal by faith. And this has always been the Christian message, that judgment awaits any who deny the cross and the resurrection of Jesus, but judgment unto salvation for all who believe it. But not all believe. In the world, we have many who do not believe. Many urgent voices that whisper in our ears and quite plainly to our faces. A world of urgent voices needs the voice of Jesus. The voice of Jesus is the one our flesh most urgently and eternally needs. Since Jesus says for himself, now is the judgment of the world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. Now is the hour at hand, the hour of judgment. The cross of Jesus overshadows all faith and all unbelief that ever was and ever will be. The cross draws in all people, judges all people, defeats Satan for the victory of the repentant, but is a guillotine to those whose heads would not let their hearts repent. Jesus is certain. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified, to be crucified, to judge the world by his death. Will the world cling to their fears? Or will they, for the sake of the clear and wonderful gospel, find faith in Christ, not only for their bodies, but also have in Christ comfort for their very souls. This Palm Sunday 
is a day of mixed emotions. Jesus enters Jerusalem with a great multitude crying out their hosannas, save us now, save us now. But do they know what they are asking for? Do they know that now is Jesus' soul troubled? Do they know that now is the judgment of their world? Do they know that now is Satan, the beloved father of lies, to be cast out? Do they know what they are asking for in their hosannas? Do we? Do we know what we are asking for in our hosannas to our Lord? We have not yet made it to that heavenly dwelling place. We anticipate it, of course. We have not yet made it to that heavenly dwelling place. And so, what happens? Our hosannas, they continue to cry out. Perhaps more than usual, right? But rest assured, God continues to hear your hosannas. No matter what we may hear in the world, our Lord Here's our pleas for mercy and salvation. Still, still we are tempted to turn away from the glory of the Father and love the glory that comes from man more. It's only human to do this. It's only human to be persuaded by the urgencies that surround us, the urgencies that play into our pleasures and feed our fears. Yet our urgencies ought to be of both body and for our soul. That is how we have faith over fear and live despite being surrounded by so much death. The gospel of Jesus would have us realize that the Palm Sunday of Jesus' time is actually the same Palm Sunday that we celebrate. People then cried out to God, and God still hears your cries for salvation. People then look to Jesus for their salvation, and you still look to Jesus for salvation. In the midst of a world that needs to hear of salvation in Christ Jesus, in the midst of so many and terrible worries that we have and fears that we cling on to, and perhaps we might even say make our idol, we are often told to do what? To pray. In the midst of any concern, we are often told to pray, to cry out with our hosannas to the Lord and see how God responds to our neighbor at a distance. Now it seems that we are distant from our neighbor, but are praying for the same concern. Before, we might not have had much of an opinion at all as to the things for which we prayed for, for our neighbor. But now we collectively pray for the passing of the same thing, this virus, and we all have a different opinion about it. Truth be told, This has caused much confusion and conflict. You don't have to look far. 
We see it as we're stuck in our homes watching the TV, as we see the feeds in our uh, whatever social media that we're on. Confusion and conflict abound. But putting the best construction on the moment, it would be good for us to see in this time the opportunity that it provides as a corrective among us Christians who confess faith in Christ. As Jesus rode into Jerusalem, he witnessed the faith of the people's hosannas, not their opinions. This should be for all of us both a humbling thing, but it also should bring us a wonderful and great comfort. God sees past our opinions which motivate us to pray. In fact, he forgives us when we have lived by reason and by the strength of our opinions and not by faith. Our God sees past our opinions through his mercy on us and instead sees us by the faith with trust in his ability to save. So, as we prepare for this Holy Week and Easter Day with the sad hearts that we are not able to assemble as we normally would, let's also prepare to be overwhelmed with the depth of God's love for us. That although we are apart, Jesus in the flesh is not far from you. He's not far from us. Jesus came into Jerusalem to go to the cross, to die for us sinners. But after he arose and before he ascended into heaven, he told us through telling his disciples something of fantastic value for us. He tells us of baptism. And that how through baptism he will be with you to the end of the age. For this purpose, I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. Just as a voice came from heaven, saying, this is my beloved son, listen to him, at the baptism of Christ. Then a voice came from heaven, saying, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The Hosanna cries in Jerusalem are ultimately answered in the baptism of new resurrected life. So between now and Easter, though we are mostly apart, in baptism we remain the Christian church whose sins are forgiven by water and the word through our Savior Jesus Christ. The gift of holy baptism is our stronghold, is our faith over fear, is the way in which we live despite any and all adversity. Let us remember together in faith, even though we are discontent with this separation, let us be ever content in how Christ will resolve it just as he resolved his entrance into Jerusalem with the cross, so will this Easter, as any, will it give way to the resurrection of our body and the comfort of our souls, as it always has, 
and always will, to the end of the age. Amen.